Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. Fully loaded show for you. The Pittsburgh Steelers miss out on Bud Dupree, but bring in two new faces. On top of that, there is a big splash coming, apparently. It's rumored for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL draft. Ben Roethlisberger's taken some and uh, a safety that the Steelers could trade for. We'll uh, we'll dive into all of it. It's been a beautiful week. It rained a little bit over the weekend, but I think we needed it. It's supposed to be uh, another gorgeous week. We're here. We're here. It's spring. The Steelers entered the facility today as they begin phase one of their offseason workouts. Nothing but voluntary conditioning. But really what that means is this football is back. How are we feeling, my friend? Feeling good. I'm excited to speculate over uh, who does or does not show up to voluntary conditioning programs. That's already <laughs> a fun time. Uh, that's always a fun time. Always. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's where we are in the offseason right now until the draft actually gets here. We're, we're doing this. But yeah, it's been a nice, been a nice spring so far. A little, little chillier today, but yeah, I kind of needed the chili. Yeah, I, I was, I'm about the chili. My neck is roasted, and I spent the whole day in the car yesterday. So you know how like you leave the one, the one arm on the window, and oh, then you, you get to your destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm like totally lopsided. So mm-hmm. you know, some cool air, calm the sun down, get a little rain for the flowers. Not about it. Not a bad idea. Um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you said the speculation of who shows, who doesn't show. You expect anybody not to show up to these things that you're going to be alarmed about really it's got to be new guys right like right it's just oh you know who who wants it bad enough who's not you know like yeah, if yeah. any new guy doesn't show up then you know it's instantly oh is this guy a locker room cancer or something like that but no i don't think so i mean there's no shouldn't have any contract holdouts or anything like that i mean i don't like alex highsmith is probably the only person alex highsmith might... is showing up right just right, knowing right. Who right. Alex Highsmith you... is like he might be the first one in the door Right, exactly. Yeah. So I yeah, yeah, no, I don't think it should be a very quiet week. How long how long we do this? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two it weeks. goes right till the draft and then the weekend after the draft is rookie minicamp. And then it's football. And then we're back to right. full blooded American football. <laughs> it's a good time. It's yeah. this is the beginning of the end. I'm I'm loving it. We got another month, two months, two months till we get that break where it gets real boring. But for right mm-hmm. now, things are heated, hot, and uh fully loaded. For Baltimore Ravens fans out there or people, you know, for the Pittsburgh Steelers looking for the demise over the weekend, Lamar Jackson 
at least reports say, gave the the Ravens an ultimatum that said, hey, look, I'll play if you trade for everybody in the league and nobody else. When you saw that, were you like, okay, well, Lamar Jackson. Did your opinion change on Lamar Jackson? I think that's no, it, it it makes sense. I would ask for that too. I would say get me someone to throw to, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, they got OBJ. So like the report was he wanted OBJ yeah. and DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. Yeah. Like, all right, OBJ, that that's whatever. But like, I don't know. Is a thirty year a thirty year old OBJ coming off a ACL injury? Is that really what's going to bring Lamar Jackson back to Baltimore? No, definitely not. Well, definitely not. Yeah. We talked about that last week. There's just no way that's going to happen. My thing is when I told I was golfing with my dad when yesterday, and we were talking about it, and he was like, "Well, you know, selfish quarterback." And for the first time this entire time, I was thinking, "Yeah, a little bit, a little, a little bit of a selfish act there to just say, hey, you bring everybody in." You pay me, you pay me $200 million guaranteed OBJ, $18 million, Deandre Hopkins, $19 million. We won't have an offensive line. Screw the defense. Nobody else is getting paid because we're taking all the money, but we're going to look real good throwing the football. Let me tell you, I don't know. Opinion changed a little bit. Nothing crazy. It's just been, it's been the other way. It's been the other way around for however, like how long for his entire career where they've given yeah, him yeah, no nobody. pass catchers and you know, they piece up the defense. Like, I don't know. I didn't really mind it. All right. All right. I like that opinion. Calm me down a little bit. I'm about it for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've, uh, they've had plenty of headlines this weekend. I think the biggest one is Bud Dupree signing with the Atlanta Falcons, a one-year deal opposed to a two-year deal that the Pittsburgh Steelers reportedly offered them heads to Atlanta. Uh, I think the Steelers kind of looked at that as a lock. In the meantime, they released Jameer Jones. They're down to Quincy Roche as their only, backup outside linebacker at this moment i mean you're looking at this situation are you as confused as i am are you as you know there's somewhat of of alerts sirens kind of going off in my head going what are they doing here this is kind of worse than last offseason yeah this i was gonna say this i was just thinking that they this gives me shades of like last year sort of with the defensive line but mostly like i mean there were a lot of other positions where they did this at where you just kept you went into the offseason saying, okay, they need to make moves here, here, and here. And then time keeps marching on. Guys keep coming off the board in terms of like free agents. Um that that can actually be valuable assets. And the Steelers are just sitting there making they haven't made no moves, but but almost no moves. Not on the outside linebacker. Right. I and mean, right now it's it's Quincy Roche. Like it's and and I think the big thing here is, you know, you you look at the situation with Jameer Jones and people are like, oh, it's because they're doing this. It's doing they're doing that. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the reason to release Jameer Jones is in March or in April. And it doesn't make any sense. But there's got to be a reason behind it. Like, you know, either he asked for a release or something came up an injury. I don't know what it is, but, you know, you don't just like you don't sign somebody in February. And then in April, after you've played no football or made any signings, and even if you did make a signing, what is, you know, like what is a one-year veteran minimum deal that you could cut in training camp if he doesn't make the roster, you know, and you're not losing any cap space? I just, it doesn't make any sense to release him. So there's got to be a reason, you know, there's got to be a reason. Jerry Dulac quoted my tweet or or tweeted at me and, and said, oh, maybe there, you know, there's always a reason. And I was like, oh, okay, Jerry knows something we don't. So there's something had to happen. But when it comes to Dupree, I mean, 
I don't know. Like I just kind of looked at that and said it had to be a lock. They had to think it was a lock. And now that it's not, like where where do you even go from there? If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, what are you doing right now? Right. Like, I don't know. Dupree seemed like, because the thing is, I don't, they do need some depth too, but like they, I, I don't know. They need some, especially at outside, at outside linebacker, they need, needed kind of a big name. They needed a guy who could contribute right away. And just the guys left on the board, like just looking at, you know, over the cap, uh, you know, edge defenders or defensive linemen, like it's, I, it's slim pickings out there. Like it is not really like between, I don't know. So at the top, at the top of the, like there's after Dupree, there's Leonard Floyd and Frank Clark, Dion Jones, Robert Quinn. I don't know if they're going to be willing to pay a guy like that. No, that's, that's, I think that's and my then, biggest thing right now is that like Frank Clark going to be too expensive. Leonard Floyd going to be too expensive. Justin Houston, old and expensive. You know, right. Carl Nassib doesn't play the same position. Mario Addison doesn't play the same position. Robert Quinn, old. Well, like, and, then, and then just the drop off then to like Zach Cunningham or yes, exactly. Jadavion Clowney. Like there's no, there's no in between here between the guys who are going to be the, you know, quote unquote elite guys who are going to be way too expensive versus these guys who might be worth a backup role and might be able to, to do that for you. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no, you are now faced if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers with a situation where you could sign one of these guys and say, okay, well, this is, you know, this is good depth, better than, you know, last training camp when they walked in there with Derek Tushka as their, their guy. And we were making a big deal out of Deontay Scott mm-hmm. being like, these two are going to lead the way as the Steelers backups. Yikes. You look at it now, you could sign one of those guys, you know, you could go out and sign a lower free agent that isn't going to make huge impact, but then you still got to draft somebody. And at that point you're using a draft pick on a position that I think you already kind of thought you had filled. Like you weren't prepared for this. If you were the Pittsburgh Steelers and maybe they were, but in my eyes, they were not like they thought. And again, I don't know what happened with Jameer Jones. I don't think that the Steelers just caught him because they were like, Oh, well, you know, we, we want, we only want three edge rushers going into training camp. We don't want are going into the NFL draft. We don't want four. I, I don't know why they cut him, but I think a week ago they looked at this situation and said, oh, we'll have Bud Dupree, we'll have Jameer Jones, we'll have Quincy Roche. We could probably draft somebody in the middle to the late rounds of the draft and we could feel pretty good. Right now they got to be looking at this and going, we we might have to draft somebody in the second round. We might have to draft somebody in the third round. Right. You know, where are you going? I was going to say, it, it, it puts so much pressure on the draft now. If you're not going to make a move before for the draft in less than two weeks, in a week and a half, yeah. You're you're kind of SOL and you've got to like reach you've either got to reach for an edge rusher at a pick that you probably don't want to do that at or you're taking one of these lower tier like second or third tier free agents yeah which are becoming like fewer and further between like you're the longer you wait the like worse your sign is going to be quite frankly like yep. you're just not going to get someone I don't know. I feel like the price is only going to go up for edge rushers. The fewer of them are left on the board, especially for the Steelers, who people know need one. Um, yeah, exactly. they're not making. Yeah, with t- time, will not make this any easier on themselves. No, and, and you look at who they brought in for pre-draft visits. Like if you're like, oh well, they're minimum homework on them. You know, just to be totally honest, they've done minimal. They brought in uh, Tuli Tula Paluda Pelota, excuse me, from USC. Robert Beal from Georgia, and then Felix, I can never pronounce his last name, 
Uzoma out of Kansas State, which they're all quality edge rushers. They're probably all second or third round guys. But you've only draft visits. Uh, you know, you've gone to pro days. You've done your homework on names like Lucas Van Ness. But Lucas Van Ness, you're going to have to trade up for that. You know, according to 93.7, the fans, Andrew Filipponi, that's an option for them. But to make a move for your backup edge rusher, that just doesn't make a ton of sense for right. to me. Like what, what's the, what's the plan there? That's just, that's where I'm confused is there is no detailed plan in any of this. Like there's no, there's no point where you're like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, at least they have a backup plan here. They have a backup plan there. Like for every other position you could kind of go through and say, Oh, okay, well this is their, this seems to be their plan here. This seems to be their plan there for edge rusher. It's this is like four years in a row that it's just been like, yeah, well, you know what, whoever, whatever, oh, whatever happens in. Yeah, that's just like, you know, we'll just trade for another Malik Reed at the beginning of the season, and hopefully that works out for us. You know, right. hopefully TJ Watts stays healthy for a whole season, even though that hasn't happened in two years. You know, what, right. like, And then midway through the year, we're all sitting around like, oh, man, they can't get any pressure on the quarterback. They yep. can't defend the run. They can't. And it's like, yeah, because you have one one starting caliber or uh, outside linebacker or you have, you know. Yep. Yep. You, you yep. Don't have... And you got to You have to at this point, you have to sign somebody convince them that they're only going to play 20 snaps a game and pray that nobody gets hurt. And if they do get hurt, you're screwed. This is, you know, the Steelers have, have almost gone full circle. Like when DJ first came in here and uh, what's his name? Anthony Ciccolo was the backup linebacker. Like Anthony Ciccolo held no value to this team whatsoever. And the Steelers just continuously rocked with them as him, Dupree, TJ Watt. That was their outside linebackers. And like it stunk. It it wasn't it wasn't a good mix, but it was consistent and it was better than what they've been rocking with since then. You know, you didn't think you could get worse than Anthony than Anthony Chicolo. Like you think you round farther than that, especially for a team that values edge rusher like the Steelers do. They have found themselves the last two seasons in a much worse spot at edge rusher. Like it just doesn't it doesn't yeah. make it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and they know? haven't continued like that position hasn't gotten healthier since that, like that's the thing like, tj's getting hurt alex highsmith's getting older you know like and tj's getting hurt hurt these days like not right. just like uh kind of hurt like he's getting hurt hurt these days right he's not rolling ankles he's you know yeah he's peck he's like torres peck that's like not you know um, yep. exactly exactly the year before it was like four hamstring injuries like it's just you know they're starting to add up you're starting to hit that point in his career where you're like oh, okay like you know it, is tj still the best player on your team hands down but at the same time, if he's not out there, you need to have somebody that you that could replace him that you feel comfortable with. And that should have been such a high priority on this list. And it it just was not, you know, it just was not unless they go out and get a guy like Frank Clark or, you know, Justin Houston or whoever. But like, you know, you, that that even reminds you of the Melvin Ingram days when they brought Melvin Ingram in and then by week eight, Melvin Ingram asked for a trade because he's, I'm not, I'm not playing. Like I'm never on the field. And right. it's like, you hope that that's the case that the backup outside linebacker is never on the field, but you have to have somebody that's good enough that, you know, he could be on the field if need be. Right. It's not going to be a guy like Frank Clark. It's just not, it's not going to be a guy like Leonard Floyd. It's not going to be a guy like Jadavion Clowney or Justin Houston, you know, like or Carl Dunlap or Robert Quinn. It's just not going to be those guys. Like you, you've Bud Dupree would have been that guy. And he yeah. would have been comfortable. You should have offered him a one-year deal. If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, like if I want to put the blame on somebody here, I put it on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, 
a one-year deal for Bud Dupree, in my opinion, makes more sense just because you have that opportunity to go sign a bigger deal next offseason, somewhat of a prove-it year. And, you know, to not budge on that, that just you – know, what do you try – what's the difference? You know, one to two – like you're trying to solve this long-term if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like, why? Right. Just go do it again next year if you need to. Right. And Yeah, exactly. Like you had – options open you could see what bud dupree was when it is age 30 is he turning 31 this year i think he turns 31 he's 30 this year he's 30 this year he'll be 31 i think he like just turned 30 not long ago so i think next offseason he'll be 31 and i mean but by next season he'll be pushing 32 you know like if you're bud dupree you're hoping for one more deal a a three-year deal after this one that's worth some change and it like if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have to know that like that you have to see that this guy's not going for a two year deal. It just doesn't make any sense for him, especially if it's a hometown discount deal. Like I think that's all nonsense. But I don't know. Bad move for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Strange spot to be in if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Didn't see this one coming. Could say that did not. Didn't see it coming at all. I saw I saw them being in a much better position when it came to outside linebacker than they are right now. Yeah, and it seems like they did too. Until yeah, until they weren't. Until they weren't. Uh, next, before we get into a, a major splash in the NFL draft that I think is possibly very, very real and very much so something to talk about, the Steelers and two guys, two contracts over the weekend, Tanner Muse, inside linebacker, really a special teams ace, and then Braden Mann, a punter for the New York Jets, I think I think that one got people fired up a little bit more than Tanner Muse. I love Tanner Muse coming out of college, out of Clemson. The dude was the original, just like hybrid safety, really just like came in here and just rocked people. It was him. I remember growing up watching, eh, I shouldn't say growing up, but I remember watching him and Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame. And those two were just like, it's like you, you play, you technically play safety, but you don't play safety. Like you right. are as a that. massive human being who will never play safety in the NFL. You're just there to thump people. Third round pick for the, the Raiders never panned out with the Raiders. Didn't even play a game for them. Headed to Seattle two years ago, played six games. And then last year played 17 for them on special teams. Comes in here. I think the biggest thing is you now have a special teams guy to replace some guys that I think only held a spot on your roster for special teams. Marcus Allen, Miles Boykin, Benny Snell Jr., Derek Watt, all those guys. I I mean, in my opinion, it was a good signing. Some upside. He had 17 tackles or 16 tackles last season all on special teams. I mean, it's a good move. Yeah. Uh, Can't complain about it at all. Um, I just wonder who – I'm starting to rack my brain about who – Who's the odd man out now? Like you listed a few of those guys who really only hold special teams roles, and it just seems like Marcus Allen is not. Yeah, he's got to be the guy, right? Right. Like I don't know. I feel like all those other guys provide some kind of value, not just on special teams. First of all, they're better special teamers than Marcus Allen, in my opinion. Most at yeah. least most of those guys, if I'm remembering that list correctly. Yeah. But also, but then also like provide something. Either off at like at their true natural position, like they you, they're not starters, but you could put them on the field and they wouldn't embarrass themselves. Yeah, embarrass them. It's I'm I just thought of Carolina, but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, that like that's that's the first thing you think of when you think of Marcus Allen is that like that was not his finest hour, and I don't know, Miles Boykin can block and like Benny Snell showed in Indianapolis that he can run in a pinch. Uh, 
are those other guys you mentioned? Derek uh, Watt. Derek Watt. Derek Watt can get you a first down. Every you know? single time. He's a right. one-yard machine. Right. Um. So, yeah, it, it's just – it seems like this is kind of the nail in the coffin for Merck Sound's time in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. Make it sign somewhere else. But he, to me, seems like that's the the next domino to fall after after this signing. Yeah, I think so too. I think you look at the situation, and that's exactly what it was. It was like, okay, how do we how do we get rid? Of, I don't think they were thinking how do we get rid of Mark Salen. I think after a couple of years of inconsistent special teams play, the Steelers are finally looking at this offseason. And, and I, I get that as a whole. Like I get like that's what I have. That's my biggest praise to Omar Khan right now is you look at the Steelers right now, and they have said, okay, we haven't gotten the job done in like four years. It's been a long time since we've won a playoff game, but we continue to bring back the same players in the same roster. Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. And he said, well, let's scrap some guys. Let's make some changes. Tanner Muse is out there, and they said, well, maybe it's not the biggest change, but this is a new special teams ace to replace the old special teams ace. Let's see how that works. It worked two years ago with Miles Killebrew. Duke came in here and – I mean, he's he's their best special teamer. Like he, the guy is a block, a punt blocking extraordinaire who could block, tackle, you know, lead the team. He, that's just that's what you're looking for. I think I think this is a this is a good move. You know, it's a very small move, but it's a it's a very defining move for the Pittsburgh Steelers to say, hey, we're done with Mark Allen. We're done with some of these guys. This is a new Steelers squad. And you need that every couple of years. You know, they did it with Jordan Dangerfield and they replaced him with Miles Killebrew. Worked out. If they do it with Mark Salen this year and they replace him with Tanner Muse and it works out, great move for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what you have in Marcus Allen. He has given you kind of everything that he could have. Yep. You've gotten a guy who's younger and just by that very nature has probably some more potential to be something a little bit more valuable for you than. Yes a I don't know than a career special teamer that has made some boneheaded penalties on special teams and yep. I, yep. I I I I your point is well taken about the kind of new blood and Omar Khan starting to say starting to I think put a stamp on this team a little bit more. Yes. Even if it's it. just kind of something simple like saying okay I, I I don't know something as simple as this reflects and and changing attitude I guess or uh, a uh a non-complacency, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. kind of an yep. attitude of saying like, we're not going to, like you said, we're not going to just keep banging our head against the wall with the same guys. Like there needs to be a new injection of talent and kind of a new, new era, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You replace, you replace people. You, you can no longer look at this team and say, Oh, well we have somebody there. Well, the guy that was there didn't, didn't get the job done. So it's time to replace him, which leads us to the other guy. Brady Mann, who comes in here now to compete with Presley Harvin, their numbers are like almost identical. They both average like just over 41 yards a punt in their career. I mean, it's a good move. I, I, I think my biggest thing is that I like Presley Harvin. I think that he is inconsistent, like very inconsistent. So you need to have some competition, but I would not look at this as a Presley Harvin is gone. I would just look at this as they needed last year. They didn't bring anybody in to compete with Presley Harvin. And I was shocked about it. This year, they're going to look at it and say, look, man, you're not guaranteed a roster spot. No one's ever guaranteed a roster spot on special teams. Prove yourself. And last time he did that, like the Jordan Barry year where he was drafted and him and Jordan Barry had to compete, there was a there was a huge gap between those two. Like Presley Harvin absolutely smoked that competition. And Jordan Barry balled out. Like he had 
He had the best punts of his career in that training camp, and Presley Harvin still smoked him. So it would it would be very good, I think, for the Steelers to bring him in and just say, hey, look it, do it again. You know, prove yourself again, win this job. We would like for you to win this job. But I don't think that man's coming in here to replace anybody, at least unless Harvin just like completely ruins his career and, you know, gives it up in, in training camp. Right. Competition's always good. Um, I don't think Presley Harvin has been good enough to the point where he – No. Like Chris Boswell is the only special teamer who's ever you know who can lock down who can put his his uh, his roster spot in in Sharpie. But so just do that and like always bringing in someone who can compete with a guy like Presley Harvin. That's good to me. It's a yep. low risk signing. You can always cut him, send him to the practice squad, whatever you like. Yeah, yeah, good signing. Yeah, I think it's a quality move. Doesn't move the needle, but. It, it was it was good. Got the fans sparked up. I will say that one. People were very excited really? to see uh, Brady Man. People, oh yeah, people Presley Harvin. Steelers it's... fans are not big Presley Harvin fans. I've learned mm-hmm. that over the years. You know they don't really because I mean you got to give them. I think year one you had a pass and a mm-hmm. big pass. You know you lose your grandfather and your father all in one season. Like that's the toughest. You like they, I couldn't even imagine. You know mm-hmm. going into work on Sundays having to. You know, like mm-hmm. having to go back and be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter, man. I have to go into work, even though my two father figures just passed away. So last year, I think people tried to excuse that and then it didn't work out. It was still inconsistent. And they're like, oh, OK, well, now they're upset about it. So but I think part- Presley's going to come in here and prove himself. I hope he stays because he's got the best shoe collection in football. But we'll see. All right. Big things I want to talk about. Big name. Huge name. According to Peter King of uh, football morning in america the pittsburgh steelers are rumored to be looking into trading up to number nine which we've talked about with the chicago bears for jalen carter that's the guy that was the big question who was it going to be was it going to be paris johnson was it going to be christian gonzalez was it going to be devin witherspoon was it going to be broderick jones whoever jalen carter the name is jalen carter i'm just going to come out and say it and then i'll let you go I fully believe this. I think that it makes complete sense. And I think that Omar Khan would definitely do this. And I think Mike Tomlin would have a field day if given the opportunity to draft Jalen Carter. I don't care where he plays or if he's even able to start in year one. He is the best player in the draft, in my opinion. And I think Omar and Mike are sitting there just like waiting for him to slide to nine. I'm less less bullish on it. And it's not because I don't think Jalen Carter is very good. I'm just too, I've been kind of too locked in on the idea of a corner of getting a starting caliber corner for Patrick Peterson to mentor that just, that has been such, and I, you can't really think about it as, you know, Jalen Carter versus whatever you can get in the later rounds. But I don't know. It just is, it, it it basically comes down to best available versus drafting for need. Yes. And I'm usually against drafting for need. I usually think that's kind of a a misguided strategy, but man, I I don't know. It, it just seems like a lot to give up for for a team that needs a lot, you'd have to give up a lot for for the pick that you would need to get Jalen Carter. And you is there a guarantee would. and is there a guarantee that he would be there at 9? No, I I think that they'd have to I think they'd trade up on draft day. I don't think they'd make the move beforehand, but I think if Jalen Carter slides to nine, 
Pittsburgh's on the phone convincing. I think Omar Khan is just like smooth talking his way to Ryan Pole saying, hey, man, you don't really need Jalen Carter. Like, what are you going to plug him in and play? He's got attitude issues, man. He's got off the field troubles. He just got into a car accident. He was nine pounds overweight at his pro day. Like, you don't need this guy. Give us the pick. We're going to go get him. And, you know, the sweet talk him, give him 49, give him a two next year, you know, and then you go get Jalen Carter. And I just, I don't know. Like, I get it. I think corner, I agree with you. I think corner is their biggest. I think corner and left tackle are a much bigger need. And I think both of them are better positions to draft. But I think if you get the opportunity, and, and this is how I look at it. If this, if if the NFL made a draft right now, and you had your teams, say the Pittsburgh Steelers had their team right now, but they put all the players in the NFL into, into a draft. And at number nine, somehow Aaron Donald slid his way to number nine. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers sitting there, and I'm not comparing Jalen Carter to Aaron Donald. I'm not. I'm just saying that Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL. Jalen Carter is the best player in the NFL draft. If Aaron Donald's sitting there at nine, you need a corner still. You could go get Jalen Ramsey. You could go get Patrick Sertain. You know what I mean? You could go get a left tackle. There's a billion left tackles out there, franchise guys. You're going after Aaron Donald. You're, you're trading up to go get Aaron Donald. You're not even thinking twice about it. And I just, I just, you know, in my opinion, I think Jalen Carter is, is head and shoulders above the rest of this draft class. And I've thought that at the same time, like his motor on the field is insane. His size is insane. His ability to use athleticism and strength is crazy to me. He can play all three interior positions. Like he just, he's, you know, he's twitchy for a dude who's six, four, 320 pounds, like, the guy's just a monster, but I just, you know, like, are you going, are you going Patrick Sertain? Or are you going to get Aaron Donald? And I just, well, I don't know. Well, I have a chance to go get, I don't know who's a, so the way I think about this is you're not only by trading up when you trade up to take Jalen Carter, not only are you taking yourself out of position to take one of those, you're just passing on one of those top corners, but you're yeah. also you're kind of taking yourself out of position to draft one of those second tier guys. Well, like if you keep corner. 32, if you keep 32, I'm okay with this. If you get rid of 49, let's assume they get rid of 49. Even if they get 32 though, like they get rid of 32 at 49. Who's going to be there? Like, not like, I don't know. I feel like most of those who's the, I think like a Julius Brents might be there. You think so? Yeah. I don't think so. So. They have to be like eight corners gone in like 30 and 40. And there might, there might be, there could there be. Might be, there very much could be, there very much could be. I will say that there very much could be, but like, I like with names like, okay. So when names like Tyreek Stevenson climbing up the boards, like now assuming to be like an option at 17 for the Steelers, you got to think that Gonzalez Witherspoon, which might be gone before nine, both of those guys could definitely be gone before nine. Um, Witherspoon, Deontay Banks, Joey Porter Jr., um, Tyreek Stevenson. We're at six so far. Tyreek Ringo. I dude, Tyreek Stevenson is uh, – Came uh, out of nowhere. Well, I don't understand how this guy went through a full college season and what? He arrived two weeks before the draft process, and all, now, now he is a first-round talent. That's what happens every time, every single time. I will say this. I watched a clip of – the Believe podcast, the Believe in Steelers podcast with Ike Taylor. And when his co-host Mark asked about 
said something. He was like, yeah, he's, you know, he's expected to go anywhere from like the second to the seventh round. And Ike was like, Tyreek, the second round. And he just smiled and he's like, hmm, they be lying. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was the guy that he was the guy that the Steelers sent to Miami to visit his pro day, to watch his pro day. So I don't know. I think he's got, he's got some knowledge. I do. I think Tyreek's a, I think he's a second round corner. I don't think he's a first round corner, but even if he's, even if, even if so, Keely Ringo is six, we'll say Keely Ringo sixth, then Stevenson seven, you know, like I guess Manuel Forbes would be eight most likely. Uh, who else is up there? And then I guess it would be like Julius, Julius Brent, Julius Brent's like you got nine corners and 49 picks. Nine of them. I don't. Nobody's got Cam Smith. Forgot about Cam Smith. Ten corners, forty-nine picks. That's two yeah, every ten picks. I don't know. I wouldn't. Want, I just wouldn't want to end up with. I wouldn't want to go into this class, go into this draft, needing a corner so bad, and then walking away with Tyreek Stevenson or Cam Smith. That would not make me happy. It would. It wouldn't make. It wouldn't make me happy either if I was the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think that the risk reward is is there is definitely definitely there like you know clark phillips that's another name expected to go in the second round that's 11 like you're not going to get those guys but so okay so what about this what if christian gonzalez and devin witherspoon are both gone you way more comfortable about that move yeah if they're both yeah absolutely um i don't know i'm still like disappointed because then i'm like wow i just gave up a I, I, again, like you're losing for a team that has a lot of needs, you're giving up a very good draft pick this year. Like a very, okay. I, I don't think they would. I, if you give up 49, it's one thing. I, I have a hard time believing that the Bears wouldn't be able to squeeze out, get 32. 32. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they're getting 32. For Jalen Carter, I think you're giving up 32. I think if Jalen Carter's on the board and you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bears are sitting there going, look at buddy. I know who you're coming to get. You got to give me 32. If you're not mm-hmm. going to give me 32, we could hang up the phone right now and we could go draft Jalen Carter. And then right. Omar's going to yeah. be like, okay, uh, we got to give up 32. I just, I don't know. Like I just, I, I think Jalen Carter is worth that. I think Jalen Carter is worth having to find a different corner in the draft. I also don't know who's going to be there at 17. Because, like, what if what if you don't make the move because you're being conservative and you want to draft your corner, and then all the corners are gone at 17, and you're sitting there, and the top corners on the board are Tyreek Stevenson and Keely Ringo. At that point, you've just you've just said, oh, well, we're like, what's the what's the gap? That like, you know what I mean? Like, what's the, where does Keely Ringo go? Where does it start and end? No, no. Let's just say where does it end? Where does it end? Before you're like, oh, okay. At this point, you've missed out on a corner, and that's bad value. Like at what pick? Like how far? No, no, no. Like what up? name? Like what? What's the like? What? What is the corner that at that point? You know, and we could kind of assume who's after that. But like, like it. You like you said a Cam Smith or a Tyreek Stevenson. You're telling me that, like, if, if that's their corner pick, that's you know that's a bad pick. It well, depending on where they draft them, but like, but if that's I'm... their first corner. That's the first corner they're take. They'll take. If it's at seventeen, no. If it's at, at 32, thirty-two, probably not either. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. If I'm all the corners with- are gone, okay, okay. Another scenario, because I think they're gonna have to run through all these. Another scenario. Joey Porter Jr. is the is the only 
is is probably going to be the only corner at 17 that you could take in the first round that you'd feel somewhat comfortable. Deontay Banks already gone. The other two already gone. Are you looking at that saying that's a win over trading up for Jalen Carter and losing 32? I think so. Oh. I would take I would take <laughs> I would take Joey Porter and two second round picks over. All right. I don't know. Maybe I just don't have the same kind of respect for Jalen Carter, and maybe I should. But yeah, I don't, I I think I think Carter. I've watched. You know, I'm not into the. I'm not like Derek or Nick level film review, but I. You know, I try. I try my best to just always have something on. And dude, Jalen Carter's just a monster. Like just a monster. If that guy wasn't in a car accident and it was a terrible, terrible situation, and if he didn't show up at the pro day. Nine pounds overweight. If all of this didn't happen, I truly believe that the Chicago Bears would have sat at number one and considered Jalen Carter heavily with that first pick because I think he's just that good. Like, I think he's crazy, crazy good. But, you know, I get it. I get you want a corner. You need a left tackle. You need probably a right tackle at some point. You need an edge rusher. You know, you need you need an inside linebacker. You need a defensive tackle. You know, you need you need a wide receiver. You probably need two wide receivers. You know, you, you do need a lot. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you do need a lot. Giving up a lot, it just depends. I'm going to get Jalen Carter. I'm I'm going to I'm giving up everything. I'm giving up I'm I'm giving up my first and my two seconds to go get Jalen Carter and nothing next year. That would be the the whole package. Go get him, and then I'll wait till eighty, and then you know, take Clark Phillips or somebody that's like five eight and a half. <laughs> Like, go ahead, go play slot. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. All right. Other big news over the weekend. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is getting roasted alive by everybody because on his latest episode of the football and podcast, he went off on, he didn't go off. He, he made his thoughts known on Lamar Jackson. I think they were a little honest, a little too honest, maybe saying that Lamar Jackson is more of a, it, you do not fear Lamar Jackson in the pocket. That was the big quote that got taken away. The whole grand text of it was he's you fear him as a runner you don't necessarily feel fear him as a passer he did also mention that the ravens do not have anybody and he thinks that obj helps that situation but he said that like you know if you're a team facing lamar you're moving the safeties down because you're not really worried about him throwing the football rg3 and everybody else came back at it like tossing the pocket numbers out there and be like lamar jackson's a better quarterback blah 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 um, you know, you have thoughts on this. You think anybody's in the wrong here? Or you just look at this and go, this is complete nonsense. It's just because it's bad. Um, yeah, I, I walk away more on that side of it. Like we're only talking about this because it's Ben Roethlisberger. Like this is not a new take. This has no. been said a million times over by a million different people. Yep. I do think it's kind of dumb. Like, I don't know if you don't respect Lamar Jackson as a passer. I feel like that's on you. And it was pretty funny when they were, I don't know. You could compare like the quarterback rating or whatever. I forget what stat they used. Yeah, it was the QBR ben versus- in the pocket or something. Yeah, and, and Lamar's is better than Ben's. I don't know. That was just pretty funny to me. Um, and, and and like Ben wasn't comparing Lamar to himself, but it's just it's still funny to see that stuff. Like, um, yeah, but yeah, this is like not anything new, and I don't think Ben was actually like the headline. Obviously, grabs attention. Like it's you know Ben calling out a guy he played against for so long in a Steelers Ravens, and it's. It's Lamar and it's, you know, there's a lot going on, but like in reality, like Ben was just like, he's a better runner than he is a passer. And I don't know if that's a completely unreasonable take. And no. I think the point he made about like, oh yeah, the Ravens have no one, have no receivers that make you 
that make Lamar better and that make you even more scared of his abilities as a passer, which I don't think is that off base either. No, I thought that. So, like, you know, Ben's always got a way with his words that make you think that he's like, you know, talking some shit. But I think that it was I think that it was all genuine. I think that he was like just genuinely saying this guy is an athletic freak who has never really shown us that he's a, an all pro passer, which he hasn't. You know, like Lamar's always been the dude that we know he's got a rocket of an arm. But when you have nobody to throw the football to, you're not going to throw the football. So you you just look at Lamar as like a deadly athlete and that's really all he is. And I think everybody agrees with that, you know, and then you got people like RG don't, don't tear him down. Okay. Well go look at what your ESPN outlet tweeted out and see the quote that he, that they used instead of the grand con uh, the entire context, you know, like go, go look at, go look at what PFF tweeted out or this guy tweeted out or whatever, like even us and people call us out on our, on our nonsense all the time. But even our headline was just like Ben Roethlisberger has, you know, very honest thoughts on Lamar Jackson. Everybody else was like Ben Roethlisberger calls out Lamar Jackson, just totally rips him apart. I'm like, it's, it really wasn't Ben. Like, and I'm, I'm not a Ben defender, but I don't think Ben did like anything wrong here. I think he just gave his thoughts on something that we all kind of agree with and like, don't use it to tear it down. You don't think that the Baltimore Ravens are sitting in the, that negotiation table saying, Hey buddy, like, you know, you're a runner you're not a thrower. We all know that we'd like you to be a thrower, but you don't have anybody to throw the ball to. And you don't think that was brought up. Like it was definitely brought up. If you're not guaranteeing them $200 million. So you didn't just ignore that fact. Right. I don't know. I don't think that, I think it was a little nonsense. I think it definitely was. Yeah. It was definitely nonsense. some, some off season. Like we have nothing else to talk about. So yeah. Here's what we are going to talk about. And this is what it is. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, if anything props to Ben for waiting this long to say anything, you know, cause if he said something a month ago or two months ago, it would have exploded and went through all this nonsense. But the fact that you waited until two weeks before the draft and just said, Hey, these are my thoughts on this. It is what it is. I mean, I, you know, I, just assuming who Ben is covering Ben for three seasons. That's just, I would have, I would have expected something different and I'm proud to see that he, that he didn't, that he didn't blow it up. Didn't respond. Um, I'm sure he'll respond in his next podcast, but I don't know. I thought it was very mild compared to what it could have been hundred percent. Last thing I want to talk about. I got a text almost instantly, and then I got five more texts, and then I got a couple, couple of Twitter DMs, and then I got, I was at my neighbor's house for fire, and that was, and it was asked to me like twice, and then I went home for my nephew's birthday party, and everybody at the party asked me, and then I drove back, and I was listening to sports radio, and they were talking about it too. For some reason, Buda Baker, Cardinal safety, has asked for a trade, and that's not the for some reason. This is the for some reason, and for some reason, everyone believes that the Pittsburgh Steelers should be in on Buda Baker, who has openly asked to be the highest paid safety in the NFL. And if joining the Pittsburgh Steelers would play next to the second highest paid safety in the NFL. People are freaking out about, oh, you can't pay Alex Highsmith. You can't afford to pay Alex Highsmith, but you could go trade for Buda Baker. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it doesn't I mean, unless you have a different opinion there, but I don't know. No, I don't. Um, I don't know why. They would feel the need to go after Buda Baker. No. Um, I don't know why Buda Baker would want to go to the Steelers. I don't. No. I don't know what that package would look like. Like, not only would you have to trade, trade a lot for him, but then you'd yeah, have to trade a him. first round pick for Buda Baker. Right. And yeah, yeah no, thank you. 
Um, like he's a he's a very good player. I like him a lot, but yeah, no, you can't you can't pair the two highest paid safeties in the league. No, not Next when you have T.J. Watt under contract, Cam Hayward under contract. You just re-signed Larry Ogunjobi. You have, you already have two other safeties in Demonte KZ and Keanu Neal. Like, what are you doing with them? Are they just not playing anymore? Is Demonte KZ now the third guy, and Keanu Neal just doesn't make the team anymore? Don't make doesn't make sense to me there. You just paid Patrick Peterson. Alex Highsmith is assumingly gonna hopefully get another contract. That'll be a big deal. And you're just and how long are you gonna like how long are you gonna sign this guy for? Like are you gonna Oh, you're gonna have to give him like a six year extension, five year extention. Like you're gonna hang on to this guy until he's twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is you are now you are now playing Minka and Buda Baker until they retire. They are taking up a huge chunk of your cap space, huge chunk of your cap space. And at some point you're gonna have to cut one because Kenny Pickett's going to need a contract. Najee Harris is going to need a contract. George Pickens is going to need a contract. Pat Fryermute's going to need a contract. You got an entire offensive line that isn't being paid well, and you're going to have to pay some of those guys at some point. I mean, you can trade up to get Jalen Carter in five years. He's going to need a contract. You know, like there's just a million names out there that at some point this contract's going to run into a circumstance that isn't going to be, be worth it. And I think just on top of that, like to go after a safety which is a position that you already have filled and utilize an asset that you were going to use to fill a different position in your first round pick, like just doesn't like, what are you going to, you're not going to trade DeMonte KZ for a first round pick. You know, you're not going to trade Keanu Neal for a first round pick. You'll be lucky to get a fifth round or seventh round for either one of them. Doesn't just doesn't make doesn't make any sense. It, that's the, you know, last year was the Debo Samuels. I was on board for the Debo Samuels. I won't lie. I was like, yeah, that makes, pretty good. yeah, like it makes all the sense in the world to go out there and just get like a nonsense player and then draft a quarterback and then, you know, feel really good about it. It doesn't make any sense to draft or to trade for Buda Baker. Like no. absolutely none. And will the Pittsburgh Steelers do it? Nope. Will they make a phone call? Not a chance. I don't even I don't even think Omar Khan realizes that Boot Baker's on the trading block. I don't I don't think anybody's addressed it to him because everybody in that building understands that it just it doesn't make any sense and it is not going to happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry if we just crushed some dreams, but it's the truth. And it'll it'll remain the truth. You know, go trade up for anybody now. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, let that dream die early. No need to be carrying that into the NFL draft. But shout out to Buda Baker, you know. Hopefully our boy Donnie Drune over there has some good coverage on him because yeah. he's going to end up somewhere. It's not going to be Arizona and hopefully he ends up as the highest paid safety, but it's not going to be in Pittsburgh. So it is what it is with that. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk and everywhere you get your podcasts like this video, check out all of mine and Steven's work at all Steelers.com and check out all of our Pitt Panther stuff at InsideThePanthers.com. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy another beautiful week in the Berg. Peace.